Welcome back to GP Legends. We're previewing Le Mans this week. Um, you might notice that our studio is looking a little bit more shabby. We're actually not uh, in our uh, normal place of recording, but we're committed to doing a preview. Um, Aaron is out of the country on uh, work business. Um, I've got some uh, house stuff coming up this weekend, transitions. Yep, busy um, but, weekend. Yeah, we're uh, Said we do a preview, we're definitely doing a preview and want to keep uh, things rolling for us and, and for all of you who are uh, helping us get started with the podcast. We really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, so we're here to talk Le Mans. Uh, I'm going to let Tony take things away for a little bit just to yep. uh, uh, give us some thoughts on what, what are the talking points, what's coming up this weekend. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think there's a few points. Uh, you know, Anea's decided to sit it out this weekend, um, which is probably a smart move. So we're going to have Petrucci back. Um, that's going to be kind of fun to see Danilo back in the paddock. Uh, he's always a character, so be fun to see if he can do anything, you know, unique on the Ducati. I don't have super high hopes for him, but uh, it's just always nice to have him around. And then, of course, we have Mark Marquez back. So he's passed fitness test. This time we can be pretty certain, and hopefully that'll come true that he's going to be here. We got pretty excited before Hered that he was going to be there, but... Sounds like legitimately he's there and he's there to race. So, you know, having Mark back in the pack is going to be pretty wild for sure fireworks. It's always fireworks with Mark back. So I think we're all excited to see that. We've been talking about how Mark is, he has set the bar. He is the standard for MotoGP. Yeah. And when he's not on the grid, I think we're all um, feeling the loss of that. So Yeah, for yeah, sure. We'll and just back. his wild style is going to make it interesting, right? So I think that's going to be pretty fantastic. Um, but especially after last weekend, watching the KTM, what, what Bender especially was doing on that bike, don't we all just want to see those guys up against Mark and Honda, all of them just throwing it in sideways? Seriously, it's getting pretty wild with the, the riding style and the confidence that some of these bikes can instill. So if the Honda can be good under braking for Mark, uh, this track might not showcase hard braking. I'm a little, little curious to see how the KTMs do. Um, because at Jerez, they made up so much of their time hard on the brakes. Um, and I can't quite tell if that was braking stability or just overall front end stability. So it's going to be interesting to see. This is the next step for KTM to see if they can put it up towards the front again, if they're here for real or if Jerez was kind of a one-off. Uh, along with that, Jack was really fast last year on the Ducati at Le Mans. He podiumed, he got second place. Um, so seeing Jack on a fast KTM at Le Mans, th this could really work out for them. Uh, Brad and Miguel both finished around eighth or ninth last year. Um, you know, Brad lost a wing at the beginning of the race, so he was kind of fighting that. Um, he was close to Miguel in, in that race. So, you know, if he's got a strong bike, uh, one that has two wings on it. Brad might be there too, especially if he's feeling more confidence in the front. Uh, we'll see if he shows up race day uh, like he always does. Uh, so that he's going to be a little bit of a wild card. I think Jack's going to be a little bit of a wild card, but uh, I think Jack has the potential and the pace. Uh, if the KTM can give him the confidence, he could definitely be there. Uh, along with that, um, we're watching Pecco as always. Pecco crashed out of the lead last year at Le Mans. So, you know, it's another test of, is Pecco learning from his mistakes? Can he come through again? Can he be the consistent guy on the podium? You know, we don't necessarily need him to win, 
Uh, I think he's definitely got the potential for that. But, um, you know, it's going to be a test uh, for, for Peko. I think his mental fortitude, if he can stick with it, if he can pull off a hard weekend. Um, I think that Lamont always throws weather at us. So whether it's rain through practice, at some point qualifying, or the races themselves, it seems like there's always some kind of weather. It's either going to be cool and hot, or it's going to be rainy and nice. It's just, uh, or overcast, it can be overcast a lot. So, you know, that's going to mess with Pekka. What we've seen is that when conditions can be a little rough and trying, sometimes he can throw it away. So, you know, that's one of the things that I want to watch this weekend is Pekka, you know, I think it's going to go a long way for his championship if he can work through the variables this weekend at Omaha and if he can come out conquer it on top. One question I'd like to ask you, and I think a lot of people often wonder about going into these weekends, um, track conditions, which manufacturers are going to do best under which weather conditions and, and when you've got a hot track or a cool track. Um, can you just talk a little bit about uh, what we might expect if we have hotter temperatures versus cooler temperatures? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, if we have rain, then uh, it's going to be harder on the Aprilias especially. I think the Aprilias are going to be there if it's nice weather. Uh, but if it's rainy, you know, they have not done well in the rain. Um, the Yamahas, I just don't feel like they're going to be very strong here, which is weird because they're usually really strong at Le Mans. But, you know, what we've seen the last few races from them, uh, I'm not so sure if it's hot or if it's nice weather, perfect, like 80, 85 degrees. You know, I think Fabio can be there. I'd... I'd would love to see him on the podium at his home track, but um, I feel like Fabio and Mark Marquez might be battling just outside the podium. That's sort of where I see Honda um, with Mark on it. Maybe Renz, if he does all right. Uh, Renz did that crazy off-roading last year where he blew turn one, didn't make it, and went across the gra gravel really fast. Tried to enter back on the track, and it just took off on him. So... You know, again, Rins was at top five when that happened. If Rins can hold it together and he can get the feeling with the Honda, I think there's a potential here um, where the Honda could do okay. But again, I think they're going to be outside the podium battle in that fourth, fifth, sixth type of range. Um, I don't know. That'll be interesting. Honda's a real wild card for me because the, they're testing the Kalex chassis. Um, Mark's going to be back. He's going to show the, the maximum potential of the bike. Uh, at least he always does or seems to. So, yeah, not quite sure what to see, what I'm going to see out of them in good conditions. In the rain, you know, Honda could probably be, or Mark, you know, is always fast in mixed conditions or the rain. So that could be helpful to him. Renz, I don't know. It, you know, it's going to be kind of weird. John Muir in the rain, I... Uh, you know, I think he's going to be towards the back. You know, Muir's going to be somewhere between 10th and 15th, probably, would be my guess. Joey Muir having a rough season so far. He really he's is. About as rough as I've seen anyone have a go. So. I think it's pretty similar to the way that his uh, his start with Honda is pretty similar to the way it went for Pole at the beginning yeah. with Honda. You know, he kind of has confidence. He comes off of a fast Suzuki or a fast bike, one that he's liked. Uh, pole coming off a of KTM that he liked, jumping on this Repsol Honda that is infamous, you know, like, we're going to make this work. He showed some real speed in testing and, you know, sort of at the very beginning of the, the season, but 
it's just like the bike just takes your confidence and knocks it down. And that's what we're seeing out of Juan right now, I think. So don't have real high hopes for him unless he can wrap his brain around this Calyx chassis and somehow that gives him the confidence that he needs to push. Well, it's, it's tough for him too coming off like last season, the back end of the season, Suzuki wasn't doing development. They weren't getting a lot of resources to the riders. Not a lot of motivation. The performance was really suffering. And so for Joanne to go right into a Honda now, I mean, Rins is making it work impressively on the yep. LCR. Um, but for Joanne, I just think this has to be a pretty grueling season of his career, yeah. having to deal with all this. Um, one, one thing I want to hit on, you mentioned the Calyx that Honda is um, testing this weekend. Right. Okay, so among the three of us on the podcast, I, I'm the technical dummy. Like, <laughs> these guys ride bikes, um, and Aaron's not here, of course, but these guys ride bikes. They're much more, they just have a lot more better understanding of some of these technical things. Um, I'm here to play the foil. Like, what's going on with the KLX this weekend? Why is it significant? What are we looking out for? What's Honda hoping to get out of this um, test? Yeah, well, Honda's been kind of struggling, you know, as everybody's seen, and they're, I think they're doing everything to get the bike competitive, and partly because they need a competitive bike to keep Mark Marquez. Mark's not gonna stay there if this bike doesn't make progress. And it's, I mean, if you've followed Honda for any amount of time, it is unbelievable that they are willing to go to the Kalex to, uh, sorry, the Kalex chassis, because Honda has, is so prideful. They, they are, absolute engineers I mean they, they think they can make the best products themselves and so you can see how big of a world of hurt they're in if they're willing to go to these other outside sources to find solutions which I'm I'm really impressed that they're willing to do this that they're actually going to go to Kalex who's a chassis manufacturer and try to get some progress with their bike because the, they just have to if they you know they they seem like they're lost development's not working what they've brought they're kind of at a, you know at the end of their rope and uh i think to keep mark they gotta find some kind of solution and i think the calyx can point them in a direction and then honda can build off of that so it's just sort of like this bridge for them to get from one place to another and find their way again to get a competitive bike underneath mark marquez especially so Part of what I'm hearing is they're hoping that this is going to be a real step towards raising the ceiling on the Honda, which has been plummeting. We know where the floor is at. <laughs> right, at least seriously. we keep thinking we know where the floor is at, and it keeps going lower. Yeah. Um, so hopefully with this new chassis, things start to really right, take big strides forward for, for Honda. Yeah. And yeah, I, something's got to give, because right. I, like, I've got a rant in me every week about <laughs> like what Honda is doing to the career of Mark Marquez at this point and, like it exactly I, I, I'm just like at a loss for words just like I'm not a Marquez guy but I'm offended on his behalf that he's had to deal with and of course there's been injuries right? but then every time he gets back on this bike he's riding over like, his head I mean the out most, of his skin the, yeah the worst style of bike <laughs> where you have to override the front end yeah and it's exactly what he's going to do. But as soon as you do that, it's the most vulnerable to throwing him over the side, which we right. saw at the very beginning of the season. First time he gets yep. on the bike, then he misses. Yeah, so uh, it's to me, I keep saying, like, this is malpractice on, on Honda's part. You are the wealthiest manufacturer with the greatest talent of this generation. 
you better figure out some solution because over the last like five years, I don't know, maybe that's overstating it, three to five years, Close. they have not demonstrated that they deserve to have Mark Marquez's talent in their paddock. Right. Um, so hopefully, again, hopefully this chassis is a step in that direction because I'm looking at the KTM last last week, two weeks, or whatever you heard of, and I'm saying if, if I'm Mark Marquez, yeah, that looks like a fun bike to ride right no now. No kidding. Um, yep. Of course, Ducati, the way it's starting the corner, the way it's, it's clearly the best bike on the grid, at some point, Mark's, Mark's head's got to turn. Uh, my head is turning for him the more I have to watch him have to ride this bike. So, right. Yeah. Hopefully, with the chassis, we can yeah. start to see things go in a better direction for them. Definitely. It definitely needs to happen. Uh, I think for Mark, too, this is a test. Or, I mean, like, you know, we got to see how Mark does jumping on this bike. And is he going to be willing to risk it all, throw it at the scenery? Is he going to be willing to crash in practice? to find the limit, or is he gonna go out there and ride a little more conservatively to make sure he makes it through the season again? I mean, it's either like he's gonna get on the bike and throw everything at it, or he's gonna try to figure out, or he's gonna have to figure out how to just survive the season so that he can figure out what to do next, as opposed to Honda just like, you know, beating him up and taking the life out of him. Well, I think this was like a concern that some people have, have had since the first half of his career since the early seasons of his career where like the guy crashes and he just bounces like right. a toddler like yeah like you can count how many crashes he would have in a season through the first half of his career and he would intentionally have that strategy of riding right up to the limit yep. figuring out what over the limit was yep. by by bending it in practice yep and then riding right there and then yeah then he knows and then he can go for it Dude's not 19 anymore. No, he's not. And he's coming off the back end of, like, the craziest injury list I can remember any athlete ever having. And so can he start to manage that a little bit? Because I do think job number one this season has to be just stay through and survive. Right. And make it healthy, especially with the crap bike that Honda's <laughs> giving him. So, yeah, seriously. Anyway. Yeah, hopefully we can, we just see him finish the race, get through it, and, and start to rebuild. Them. Yep. Yeah. So I think it's going to be interesting to see then, you know, segueing to Yamaha, how they do, you know, is this really a fundamental problem with the bike? Because Lamar has always been a track that they've done well at. So this is, this is a big test for them to see what happens. Um, I think, like I said, Fabio, he's got the potential to be on the podium if he really brings it and does well in qualifying, but... I think that, you know, he might be just outside the podium. I think the Ducati's going to be super strong here. I think it's going to come down to Ducati and maybe Aprilia, probably Aleish, unless, you know, Maverick decides to show up again, but probably Aleish. He was really well. He podiumed third place last year, and Aprilia's hung right there with the competition. It seems like they're just hovering so far this year right outside the podium. Like, well, we keep... I think we've talked about them a couple times now in, in previews or even post-race. Like, man, it, we're, we're expecting them to be right up there on, on the podium, but Vinales still isn't quite putting it together. And, and even Aleish, even though a year ago he was looking so strong, it seems like he's not quite in that podium fight yet. Right. I don't know. I mean, I think Aleish is just like he's a journeyman that has got himself to the top. but And, like, he's when the bike is perfect, he's there. And, like, that's great. But um, 
you know, he's not the, like, sublime talent that Marquez is. You know, hardly anybody is. Aleish is an amazing rider, and I think he has the talent to get the podium and maybe win a few one-off races. Uh, really similar to, like, Davizioso, you know, like, Davizioso came through was a journeyman guy, had flashes of talent, but you just never knew if he was going to be able to pull it off until the bike was perfect for him. Uh, and he helped build that bike. So Alicia's sort of reaping the benefits of that type of career and development. Um, again, yeah, Maverick is that type of talent, but he's a head case and you, know, you just don't know if he's going to show up. It's Miguel Oliveira who has been, you know, torpedoed into multiple times this season. He's hurt. If that guy was healthy, I think you would be seeing a Miguel Oliveira on the podium and a guy right there with the leash, which we have seen uh, when he's survived a race. Um, and so, yeah, I think if he can get healthy, you might start seeing Aprilia wins with Miguel Oliveira, you know, more than once this season. It's just, you know, he's had such a rough start to the season. I think he's targeting to be back in Magello right now. So, you know, he's gonna miss out this weekend. Um, which I think is a bummer because I think he would have had a real shot being top 10 on a kind of subpar KTM last year and having a bike under him that he really likes this year. I think he could have been there at this track on that Aprilia. Uh, so that's a, it's kind of a bummer that we're going to get robbed of that. Um, yeah. Miguel does feel like an X factor. We, I mean, it's, it, he'll, be, he'll just be more data for us to collect on the oh, Aprilia. Because yeah. um, think... again, we have, a, we have a lot of data on both Aleish and Vinales throughout their career as well as on the Aprilia. Right. With Miguel, it really has been on, on a so-so KTM. Right. And and we've seen real flashes of brilliance from exactly. him. But to see him step into the Aprilia, yep. yeah. 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 So, really. you know, I think on Aprilia, Aleish is your benchmark, but I think Miguel could become the benchmark and be sort of that star, alien, sublime rider uh, for Aprilia and all of a sudden everything clicks at Aprilia and you've got Aprilia that is just taking it to the Ducatis week in and week out. Right, because if he can do that then that's more information for both yeah. Maverick and Aleish. And it's going to put a lot of pressure on Aleish and Maverick coming up. And yeah. Aleish has talked about you know being done soon. I think he wants to race next year but that might be the end for him uh, in terms of just what he wants to do in MotoGP. Um, so you know, there's there's going to be potential room in Aprilia, and that bike is going to be a hot seat coming up. So it's, that's definitely one to watch going forward. And I did not expect five years ago to be having these kinds of conversations about Aprilia and no, KTM, maybe. like being the ones putting the pressure on, uh, I, much less on Ducati, which has become far and away the right, yeah, oh, the, man. the standard bike right now. I mean, so exciting. I've talked about. Like coming into MotoGP, probably at the tail end of the 2013 season, mm -hmm. is when I really started to get into it. And, and you basically had four riders, yeah, aliens, like Honda, at least Yamaha, five seconds ahead of everyone else every race. And Ducati, they, if you were, were lucky, right? They were orange and blue, exactly. And and to be 10 years later looking at, uh, yeah, yeah, Ducati's KTM's and Aprilia, the level of competition that we have, yeah, this is such a golden age that you know we're getting to witness right now. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Well, I, I want to transition. This will probably be a little bit of a, a tighter, shorter episode because um, we're just dealing with, with what we got this week. Um, but if we do want to look ahead to the weekend, and, and I want to hear from you, Tony. What what are you going to be watching? Where are your eyes going to be tracking as we go through practice, qualifying, the sprint race, um, the Sunday yeah. race? 
what's going to be, what are your eyes going to be glued to as we go through the weekend? You know, I think first of all, is going to be the weather, you know, how much it rains, how nice the weather is. Um, hopefully we get a beautiful, glorious weekend. I mean, Le Mans, when it is beautiful weather is really nice. Um, this type time of year, we could have perfect 80 degree days. So, you know, that's one big thing, uh, will be the weather. I think the Ducatis are going to come through regardless of weather. I think you got, um, they've got their bike dialed in, in either condition. Um, I'm curious to see how the Hondas do on the Kalex. Um, curious to see how Fabio does and, you know, in lieu of that, Franco. I think Franco is going to be again sort of like the, the bar and Fabio is going to be riding over the bar. Um, because Yamaha needs to make some progress and they just had a test, you know, after Hareth, so we'll see if they found anything there. Um, and the KTMs, they're a wild card to me. I just, I don't know what to expect. I think there's a ton of potential, but I also think they could be fighting again for 10th, you know, so that's going to be interesting. I think um, the Prelias, like I said, will be there uh, if the weather's nice. You know, again, that's weather dependent. Um, I think the Ducatis is just going to be a big battle between the different Ducati teams. I think it could easily fall into that category where we're just watching six Ducatis at the front. Um, what we saw last year in, in the race was Ducati dominance. Right. And we did. it looks like they're only getting better. Le Mans is a very uh, windy track. Yep. And suits the... The, the benefits of the Ducati really well with the way they're handling right now. Never thought I'd say it, but right, yeah, these cor these these corners Le Mans has and and Ducati yeah. is the cornering bike right now to beat. So it sure seems like it, which is weird. But that's where Aprilia has a shot if the weather's nice, because they're probably the best handling bike on the grid. Um, and so, you know, we could see that. I just I don't see an Aprilia win, but I think you know Alesh or maybe Maverick, whichever one is showing up. Um, could be on the podium. Um, so through the weekend, I think sprint race wise, um, you know, Jorge Martin could show up and, you know, put something spectacular into the sprint race. He crashed out of the race last year at Le Mans, you know, so like he, he's got to stop crashing. That's why he's still on a Primac and not on the factory bike. Um, and, you know, it's just another wait and see if Jorge can do a fresh flash of brilliance, keep it upright and win the sprint race, or if he can just put in a solid race in the Grand Prix and see if he's there at the end of the race. And you know, if he's there at the end of the race, maybe he can pull out something special, but he's just not there at the end of the race so often. Uh, so I'm curious to see how Jorge does, especially with the sprint race. Uh, I think the KTM's got a, sh a better shot at the sprint race uh, because of the way they ride with both Jack and Brad showing up. Um, and their starts. I mean, and their starts, yeah. Over a shorter race. This? You get the starts. If, if they get the lunch, they were getting four lunches at Hareth. Yeah, that's a good point, though. The The starts at Le Mans are way different than they are at a lot of other tracks because of the nature of the first corner. So you always, the, the start devices work by compressing everything down and you launch hard and the, the thing that brings them back into a normal bike is that hard braking into the first corner. But at Le Mans, we don't brake hard for the first corner. You basically have to corner the bike through that first corner, either on the start device with no suspension, or you just don't use the start device. A lot of bikes in the last few years have not used the start device at Le Mans because of that condition going into turn one. So 
that's going to be interesting. You know, if the KTM's to figure it out, a start device, A, does it work at all here? And B, is it a new design that actually works going into turn one? So again, that's just like a complete wild card. We have no idea how that's going to work. And we don't know how the start team is going to pan out because those teams like Ducati and KTM who have the best start devices, they might not really be able to use it here. Um, that's so, really interesting. Keep, so keep an eye on the keep start. Keep an eye on the start. Especially as they go through that, that first that, corner. Yeah, turn, turn one. Yep. Yeah. Because you really can't, you, like, you can't go through turn one well with the start device on. That's a recipe to, for disaster. If you see somebody run wide off the start into turn one, it might be because they tried to use the start device and it didn't work. It failed on them. It didn't work like they wanted it to. And then maybe good news for Aprilia, Yamaha, for Aprilia especially. Right. They've been struggling a lot. So, so yeah, if Aprilia can get on off the line without anybody using start devices, they could actually have a good start to the race because of that handling and the way going through turn one works. I mean, it really sets up for Aleish to have a good start, maybe find himself up towards the front. And, you know, if Maverick ever was to have a good start in a race, this could be it. So, But again, if, if we can just get any of these manufacturers out up ahead of the Ducati crowd. Yes. So that we don't have a Ducati setting the pace from the beginning, especially if they're showing the kind of dominance that they've shown in recent weeks that they showed last year at Le Mans. It's going to be a huge key yeah. for Aprilia if they want to win this race. They need to get a good start and get out front, stay in front of the Ducatis. Otherwise, it's going to be yeah. super tough. Keep keep an eye on who's coming out of turn three. Yep, exactly, for sure. Um, so I also think like Zarco home race uh, last year he got fifth. Um, I think last year's a good barometer for how the Ducatis might do. I mean, we don't have a nail, um, but uh, other than that, last year should be a pretty good telltale of, of what we can expect. Zarco got fifth. I think that he can do a really good race again, home track. Last year he got fifth after he had a penalty on the grid, so he started back further than he should have. Um, so again, you know, I said it last week and it didn't go so well, but I think Zarco is still got the potential. He can put things together if it's his weekend, if it rains, like we're talking about the weather. You know, at Le Mans, uh, just think, I mean, rain at Le Mans, in France with Zarco. I mean, it's happened before and he's done well, but it hasn't pulled off the win. Maybe this is his weekend. So that could be really exciting to watch for him. Seriously. See a backflip in the rain in France. That, that would be pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Zarco is definitely one of the big storylines that I'm going to watch. We've, we've been mentioning his name the last couple race weekends, saying, yeah. is Zarco finally going to put it together? Yeah. Everyone is kind of rooting for him to, to get that race win. He does. I think we all feel like he does deserve that, that MotoGP. Uh, right. So, yeah, coming back to France again last year, he had a tough time um, and was still fast. Yeah. Uh, so, so maybe he can home. do it. So, yeah, you know, I don't know. I hope I'm not going to feed a dead horse. I got some hope holding out for Zarco for now as we get into the season. I probably won't be singing his praises or going for those predictions. It's just the way Zarco works and the way that things have panned out the last couple of weeks, I think there's potential for him. Uh, but, you know, we'll have to wait and see. And I, I'm still going to be rooting for him. Yeah, sure enough. And and Fabio, too, both of these guys, it's, yeah. it's their home, home race. So there's we often see that next level come out of riders when they're at home. So exactly. Just something to follow throughout the weekend. It'll be, again, 
It's always a romantic thing. Yeah. When, when you've got a home rider at their home track. Yeah. And seen some it's it's thursday today uh there's been some pictures in the media of the french fans flocking to fabio's garage and zarco's garages on thursday before any action has started so france is a hopping place and they are jazzed up to see their riders do well and uh it sounds like a complete party atmosphere over there so it'd be a pretty fun place to be right now and over the last few race weekends just like watching fabio's face yeah throughout the weekend like, I haven't seen a rider in this state, the amount of pain and anguish that Fabio yeah. is continually feeling. I hope, I just hope that being at home, being having that kind of fan support yep. is something that can lift him. Um, doesn't mean everything's going to get better overnight for him at, at right. Yamaha, but I hope he has a good weekend just, just for his sake. Because I want to see <clears throat> his morale get lifted up, his confidence get a little higher. Maybe he can get a good result here. Right. He knows his track like the back of his hand. Yep, he definitely could use a morale boost and definitely could use a, a good weekend, and this would be the place to do it for him. Yeah. A couple other things that I'm watching, uh, definitely the KTMs. Was that a flash in the pan at Haram? Right. Um, so, like, I love, I think we all love watching Brad Bender when he's on form, when yeah. he's riding on or over the limit. Yep. Can he put together a whole race at that level? Like, I want to see... On the back of if he can really start to put some of these performances together. Right. Um, I think Jack Miller is always, I've got as soft of a spot for, for Jack Miller as anyone. Yeah. Um, can, can he, he got second last year on a Ducati. Yep. Um, at Le Mans, so I see what he there. can pull off. Um, yep. So yeah, that, that whole KTM package, but then um, keeping an eye on those riders. Um, mm -hmm. I'm definitely going to be following them throughout the weekend anytime I'm watching. Um, I think we've been highlighting Alex Marquez early in the season. Yeah. I don't want to like beat that too hard either. Like, yeah. Huh? Again, like I, I just kind of feel like a fan. I think he's a really sympathetic character in, in the paddock. Um, I want to see him succeed. He came out really strong in the first uh, couple weekends. Um, yeah. So again, I'm going to keep watching Alex. Oh, I think he's definitely one to watch this weekend. Um, last year was the Grissini in Anea Bastianini right. that won the race. Uh, and put the pressure on Peko. So Grissini's, you know, they know what's coming this weekend. Uh, I think this track suits Alex, so I think that's going to be really good. Alex had a pretty good performance, or he, at least during the race he was uh, in the top 10, which is pretty good for him last year on the Honda. So I think, that, like I said, the track could work well for him. So he's on the right bike, he's on a Ducati, uh, he's with the right team. Yeah, things could definitely come together for Alex to be in the top four on the podium, maybe even for his first win, you know, if he really can put it all together. Um, I think the weather might help him if it stays nice. Uh, I think he can do fine in the rain, um, as we saw like in Argentina, I believe. Uh, but I think if the weather stays nice all weekend and he can really dial it in, I think that's going to help him out. Uh, so yeah, I think, you know, when I said six Ducatis at the front, it's no joke, like, Alex is definitely one of them. Jorge. You know, Jorge Martin in the sprint race especially, Peko, and then you have the VR46 Ducatis and Zarco, who's at home. So, like, <laughs> if we have a six-way battle for the lead between Ducatis, that would be the least surprising event of the weekend for me. Uh, you know, I really think it could happen, but... Um, I mean, I kind of hope we get some of those other teams in there just to mix it up, like KTM and Aprilia. Yeah. But man, like, uh, 
with the strength of the Ducati, how well they did last year, and the teams that are coming back, and what they have to prove, yeah, Ducati should be super strong. Yeah, we didn't even talk much about the VR46 guys, but yeah, I think they'll you, be know, solid. you know they're going to be there. Yeah, um, top 10 for sure, top 6, you know, wouldn't put it past Marini. Le Mans is, the way that it is set up, the way that the riders ride it, um, you know, the amount of time they spent on it. This could be a track where Marini gets the best of Bezecchi, but um, I think if I was putting money on it, I'd put Bezecchi over Marini just because he seems to have that little bit more flash of brilliance. So, yeah, I mean, we might see Bezecchi step up and do the Bastianini thing of last year and win the race or podium. Between the Ducatis, it's just so hard to pick and choose who's going to do what other than Pecco. I think Pecco will be out front, and it's whether Pecco stays on board or not, right? And he should. So Right, Eddie, that's... That's the other obvious thing to watch. I mean, we didn't even give that much uh, time on our podcast so far to Pecco because he's so it's just should, he's, he's so far he's expected ahead right to now. be there. And so, yeah, I, I expect him to be right up front. Yep. And the question almost becomes um, maybe to shift us into making some specific predictions for the weekend. Do, any, do either of us dare predict anyone other than Pecco Bagnaia at the front of uh, these races? Right. No, like, I think for predictions for the race for me, I think Pecco's going to be on the podium, and my bet would be that he's going to win the race. Um, and then, I, you know, beyond that, like, in the sprint race, I've said Jorge Martin. Maybe Martin beats Pecco in the sprint race. I could see that happening. Um, Martin in the Grand Prix, I don't know, top six, if he stays on board. I just, like, his consistency through a whole race, he hasn't proven it to me, and I think the other Ducatis... Are going to be stronger. Wouldn't even be surprised if he was around eighth, you know, with a KTM and an Aprilia in the top six. Um, so I think in the sprint race, yeah, Pecco's going to be there and Martin, and then I'm going to throw in a KTM. Uh, Jack probably because he's shown consistent speed throughout the beginning of the season, um, and then maybe like a, a Leish fourth or fifth um, with Fabio, and then yeah, you know, Fabio could put it together. I think. He, with it being his home race, he could put up, you know, top six, top five type of race, especially in the sprint where you can just throw it all in there and go to town. Um, in the Grand Prix, uh, I think Pecco wins. Uh, again, I mean, I think he's going to be super strong. Um, I'm going to throw Zarco up there. Uh, again, home race on the best bike. You know, like, I'm not just saying Zarco because I like him. I think he's got reasonable reason, <laughs> reasonable you know, talent, uh, grounds to stand on that he can be there because, uh, you know, the Takata's fast, as we've been saying, and that little bit of home support is really going to help, I think, boost Zarco and maybe give him that, like, little bit uh, overreach. I, I think it's Winnet or Bennett for Zarco, you know, podium or Bennett, so it wouldn't surprise me if he, he goes, you know, all out and either ends up in the gravel or ends up on the podium. Uh, and then in the Grand Prix, I wouldn't be surprised to see Aleish up there. Uh, but, you know, I just like third place is such a toss-up between Aleish and Alex Marquez or Bezecchi. Um, you know, any of those guys can be battling for the podium this weekend on the bikes that they have. Right. Again, if, if last year's any indication, it's all about Ducati. Yeah. And... <clears throat> They're showing that dominance early this season, so yep. no reason to think that's going to change as we make predictions right. for this weekend. Yeah, I think for me, definitely Pecco. Uh, 
I agree about Jorge Martin. He's just looked um, consistently fast. Um, outside of the, the race where he got nicked by, it was Marquez, right? Yeah. Um, other than that, like he's looked fast and pretty consistent. Right. Um, the well, consistency has been his Achilles heel. Right. And to me, so far this season, he's looking pretty strong. Again, at yeah. Jerez, the quiet um, fourth place in both the sprint race and in the, right. the full race. And he qualifies amazingly well, so you got to expect he's going to be up front, and with the way this race starts, he could definitely be there. The way he corners, too, yeah. his, just his all-out speed as a, as a rider. This, right. to his me, bravery. I'm, right, exactly. I, if he doesn't bin it, right. um, yeah, I would circle him for uh, this. This could be a, a race where I could see Jorge really pull everything together yeah. and, and come out with that performance that we've been waiting for him to, yeah. to bring out. Um, I think after Martin, uh, this is gonna be a little bit reckless, but like, I'm going Maverick Vinales. All right. Like, the yeah. way the way that the Aprilia corners. Um, if I've evolved a little bit since you were talking about the 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 right height, the mm-hmm. front end device, or yeah, the start device, the start device things, right? Uh, with the first corner, um, if that's not as big of an impediment for them, especially could definitely be um, Maverick's time. He knows Le Mans as well as any rider. He does. Maybe this is the weekend where he puts it together. Right. Um, it's reckless, but I'm going with that. It's, no. it's one of my specific predictions for the weekend. It's a good prediction. We'll see if I eat crow next week. <laughs> um, so I, I think that's what I'll throw out there. I may, Maybe if I had another prediction, uh, maybe I'll predict that KTM's going to fall off a little bit. Um, yeah. Maybe be, between the start device and the sprint race, they'll fall off. Yep. Um, it could and easily, it's going to be really telling to see how they do with what actually they have for a package. Yeah, just the way the corners are at Le Mans, it's not like Hareth, where, where you just throw it in there. These are long, sweeping, uh, faster corners, corners. Faster corners that right. um, you just can't, you're not going to get away with being a maniac like right. Bender, like Jack sometimes, Jack Miller sometimes is, so... Um, maybe maybe I just predict that they'll they'll fall back a little bit off the podium this weekend. Not, um, I hope not, man. I, I hope right. I keep seeing hope that. They're there. And if they do, podium at Le Mans, watch they're, out. Yeah, this is gonna they're going to be, gonna be here for the season. Yeah, that's a good sign that they'll be sticking yep. around. Championship contenders, no doubt. Um, one thing I meant to come to in this episode, Mark Marquez, the penalty. Yeah, um, right. We didn't talk about that. Could so, you just like... Before we close out here, mm-hmm. yeah, catch us up on what happened. So you know, Mark, uh, for the accident that he caused, running into uh, Oliveira and clipping Martin, was supposed to have a double long lap penalty, uh, which was supposed to be at the next race, which was Austin, um, I think. And obviously, he didn't go there because he was injured, and it was a whole big blow up about whether or not. You know, it was actually going to be the penalty enforced. Um, It was supposed to be enforced, but apparently what I've read is that the time limit has lapsed on how long that penalty can be enforced. So regardless of Honda's appeals, regardless of what Mark thought, which he thought he deserved the penalty, regardless of how the penalty was written, it just doesn't matter anymore. It's been too long. uh, There's just no more... uh, you know, standing for that type of penalty. And I think if I'm fine with it, like Mark, you know, if the penalty is to punish a rider uh, for missing out on, 
like you know finishing well or points or positions he's he's missed a few races now so like nobody's really thinking about he's had plenty of time to think about it himself sitting there watching tv on the couch and not being able to race uh that is a pretty good penalty in itself to hurt himself and have to sit out wait for his thumb to heal so like uh I, you know it, i'm fine with it it makes sense um we don't have to worry about it mark can come back and be mark and hopefully keep himself under control or not override the Honda so much. And we, you know, maybe learn a little bit about how this season's gonna go in terms of what he has to do and how hard he has to ride and how much he has to contain himself. So yeah, I, I think, you know, we're gonna see Mark be Mark and we don't have to worry about Mark overcoming a double long lap penalty, which might make him ride even crazier, you know, those types of things. Just level the playing field again. Mark can go, concentrate on being Mark and race and be interesting to see just what he can do on the on the Honda with this new chassis and you know keep it exciting must be nice to be a walking statue of limitations <laughs> pretty cool just kidding Marquez fans it was great no, uh, I, who cares anymore it was like right. weeks ago um, I just have to give him crap for being Marquez and getting, <laughs> getting penalties uh, yeah taken away anyway so I'm excited for the weekend. I can't wait. Le Mans, this is a legendary course. It is. Uh, I'm excited to see what these guys do. Legendary weekend. It. Tons of crazy fans there. Probably the biggest, uh, most uh, most fans at a weekend throughout the season, I think, that we're going to see. So should be a pretty great atmosphere. Yep. Uh, we'll be coming back at the end of the... End of the weekend. Weekend. Doing uh, a, the post-race. Yep. Follow-up post podcast. So... Come check us out. Uh, hopefully this podcast went all right and wasn't too botched up with our limited uh, equipment and studio. But thank you guys so much for following along. If you have any questions, comment, like, and subscribe. Help us keep it going. Um, can't wait to see you all after the weekend. All right.